0: Hi, Kevin Murphy here. You're listening to Conversations with Kevin, a show about innovation, creativity, product and purpose. It contains all the ingredients that make up what Kevin Murphy is and what we stand for. So I'm Kevin Murphy and this is Conversations with Kevin.
1: Hi and welcome to Conversations with Kevin. I'm Kate Reid, Design Director for Colour Me by Kevin Murphy. Today we're exploring the business of colour within the salon. We look at growing service dollars and using color journeys to build loyal clientele. We're here to hold a discussion on career paths in the area of color and look at tips and tricks to build your profile on social media. Something I'd also like to look at is how to cost our color services and how to cost and time formula to elevate the performance of color in your salon for your stylists. Learn how to identify the most profitable services in your salon and build promotions around this. Okay, so today I'm here with Jordana Geary, North American Education Manager and Janine Simons, Salon Owner and Colour Master with Kevin Murphy. Hi, ladies. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. How are you?
2: Yeah, great. How are you today? Yeah, really good. Excited to be here today to share um, some knowledge with everybody. And so, where are we dialing in from today? So, I'm Janine, and I'm dialing in from Wellington, New Zealand. Yeah,
3: and I'm Jodana. I'm actually dialing in from across the world over in New York. So, I'm happy to be here with my fellow Australian and Kiwis. Or Kiwi.
1: Great. So great to talk to you guys. So today, um, you know, colour is one of the most profitable services in the salon, if not most profitable service. Janine, I know you've got a really strong colour business. What helped you to grow this and how?
2: It certainly is, Kate. I think it's the best and fastest way to make money in the salon with colour. One of the ways that we grow our colour business is by creating personalised colour journeys um, that we map out for our clients. This helps keep our rebooking and loyalty really strong. Um, The reason we create Colour Journeys is so that our clients understand what their maintenance and their investment is in the future for their hair. Uh, So let me give you an example, like a classic journey for someone within our salon that has, say, a foliage, their first appointment, they would have a full foliage appointment and then we'd follow that up by a refining PhD or glossing service sort of four to six weeks after that full service. Then this would be followed by a halo and hairline to refresh the blonde. And we'd we'd be looking to do this at about the three to four month mark after their first big service. And once again, we'd follow that up with a refining service before they return for a full foliage, which would be around 10 to 12 months from the very first one. So this way our clients understand that they have a large investment once a year and then we've created smaller colour services that we line up with uh, haircuts or blow-waving appointments to keep them looking fresh all the way through. We also look at our service menu Kate quarterly and create bespoke services like our Colour Me Quick menu. This features a few things like PhD and quick refining services and it really helps us to stay on trend and meet consumer demand, which as we know is ever-changing.
1: Yeah, that's a really good one. I love that you look at them quarterly and products like PhD are such good ones. And you mentioned quick refining. Um, Jordana, I know that you're a balayage expert and you're a brilliant at freehand painting. You know, there's a few questions around this. How and why has this become such a popular technique a now a critical service in the salon? And how do you map out your client experience? Thanks, Kate. Yeah, I've,
3: um, you know, especially in the last few years, really taken to uh, freehand painting. But I do remember sort of working in London, 2003 to 2005, that it was becoming a popular service then. But I don't really think it became, um, you know, one of the most requested services until the last five years. And I think that's due to, um, you know, the different products we have on the market as well, like definitely things like our Freestyle Lightener, um, you know, and also the things like balayage and freehand painting, it's really can create those natural, very sun-kissed, um, lived-in, low-maintenance colours, and you can really personalise and customise those looks for your client's lifestyle. Um, you know, I just love with freehand painting that I can literally place the colour where I want to see it. It's really visually satisfying for me um, as a technique, and that you can really just tailor it to suit your client's haircut, their aesthetic, um, and even create those seamless results without any obvious highlight lines.
1: Yeah, I think that's what they're great for is such low maintenance to grow out,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think also, Jodana, they're, they're great for um, creating these little in-between services too because they are visual and freehand. We can create quick little uh, like basin balayage services in between our big foliage appointments, for example, that um, keep them looking fresh for longer. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And you know, I really like Janine, how, when you're going through what you do is you're like mapping out for your clients, because I feel, you know, for me, it's somewhat similar, you know, really in that initial consultation, I'm really sort of listening to what their goals are, um, but also listening about their lifestyle as well and figuring out like a map or a plan um, or somewhat of a blueprint for really how I'm going to get there um, to their colour goal really efficiently and safely. Um, and, you know, given the changing times that we're in right now, I think that our client's map um, always changes. So it's always really, You know, for me, it's really important to really adjust the map or adjust our goals as we go along to keep it really interesting, fresh, and in line with their lifestyle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's been a huge amount of change going on with the world, and you know, I think one of the biggest things you can do is be responsive and reactive in a really positive way. So, um, for you, Janine, how do you think like this big change has changed what your clients' needs are in the
2: salon? Yes, there certainly has been a lot of change in the world, and I, I do think it's had a, an effect on our clients in the salon. Um, we're sort of only really at the beginning of that journey, but I think we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, with a lot of these techniques that we're creating, they often give more of a lived-in and low-maintenance look. So our clients' needs have changed from a few years ago where it used to be a regular six- to eight-week color or cutting hair appointment it's now more of a 10 to 12 week booking. So this is also why it's really important to map out color journeys and create uh, bespoke services so that we do get those clients back in and between those services. Otherwise if you're sort of working on a 3 month or 4 month client base, you need a lot of clients to fill your salon columns.
1: Yeah, I know that I can't go 12 weeks between, you know, little tweaks here and there, so I don't think we should expect our clients to. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really
3: important. I think, you know, when you specifically when like I'm working with a client to really know, um, sometimes take them on that journey, but I would really plan to rebook them and love to see them every four to six weeks. Um, you know, I like to really build on those color services, especially when I'm doing like a balayage or freehand technique, because I find that in between, you know, I might only see them every six months for a big service as far as, you know, a really big paint or a really big, Um, change. But in between, I really want to do those refining services. I want to maintain that reflect, even booking treatment services as well. Or as you mentioned, Janine, those really um, quick like hairline, um, you know, face frames or even a halo or, um, you know, a halo foil, anything that I can just kind of see them on that four to six week regular basis to get that touch point.
1: Yeah, little new growth shadow, all those things, there's so many, you know, little tweaks that we can make that make our hair look so well refined and refreshed. Um, Thanks, Joe. I'm really interested in how we can actually engage the client, you know, post this lockdown, COVID, with new colours that are lasting longer and they need to return to you for. I'm a big fan of the idea of grey days and, you know, getting your clients through in one day and having an assistant help you. But really, you know, putting those services in so you get good money per hour and it frees up days to do larger clients instead of having, you know, your grey clients popped in everywhere. So grey days are easy to calculate every appointment time and that every application would be 30 minutes. So we could really book our clients in and map them out every 30 minutes, get a different client in based on if you've got the room in your salon and someone who can help to
2: rinse and dry each client as well. Yeah, for sure, Kate. And I think actually, um, you know, these grade A sort of that kind of color work is one of the most profitable services in the salon and also one of the best ways that you can utilize your young staff or your up and coming stylists. So it's a fantastic idea.
1: Uh, Yeah, thank you. Um, Janine, I know you've got 14 staff. How do you career path them in the salon and where do you start with the application and how do you get them, you know, to start creating dollars for the business?
2: Yes. Okay. So, we have quite a clear and defined career pathway for all of our trainees, uh, but also our stylists as well, because as we know in the industry, we need to keep progressing and being innovative. Um, so, everyone on our team knows exactly when and how to uh, progress So we do this with all of our team members so that they know what's expected of them. And also when we're booking services for our clients, it's really important that our clients also know what they can expect from each level within our salon team. So we sort of have a whole phone script and everything that goes around that. Um, our new trainees start out with our great clients. So just going back to what you said earlier, Kate, this is a great way to get them on the floor and working with our clientele. So they start out with our great clients. Um, they progress to doing refining services along with all of the blow waving and finishing and styling. And this is how they start to generate great dollars for the salon. From here, they'd progress into foils. Then we move them to balayage and global lightening, right through to colour correction. And in between, they're still learning styling and um, blow-waving tips and tricks. And they're also um, covering off things like base and balayage, hairline illumination, um, baby lights, all of the things that we need today to give the clients the service they expect. Um, So it's really important to get the young stylists earning money for the salon as well as feeling like they're hairdressing and progressing right through to colour mastery, which is being able to understand and do any colour correction work or not afraid of anything that actually walks into the salon, knowing that you've got the skills to back it up. Gee, you make it sound like there's so much to learn when you
1: map it out like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, there is, there, I mean, there is a lot to learn with colour. However, it's so hands-on, I find um, the team pro- progress really quickly.
1: Yeah, amazing. How long does it take what you just spoke about then to get through, you know,
2: those few skills? So depending on what level they start at. So I've had uh, young trainees that start with zero um, experience or knowledge. And so it would take probably 18 months to two years to get them really competent in all basic colouring. And then we'd be moving on to um, colour correction and the bigger thing. So after sort of 18 months, they're very competent at uh, freehand painting and balayage and grey clients and all those sort of things and then when I take on a new stylist that perhaps has been just cutting in a previous uh, salon prior to coming to me it usually takes about 10 to 12 months to get them up to speed with color man that's so quick yeah
3: I love this progression Janine
2: Yes, but it's pretty quick. I think as long as it's clear, you know, um, I'm I'm one for a lot of structure and systems. So um, we all know exactly what we need to do and when we need to do it and what it looks like when we're ready to progress to the next step. And I think that's the key to keeping the training um, both inspiring and progressive.
3: Yeah, I think, it, you know, even for me starting out in Australia through an apprenticeship, I think it's like so important and, you know, that progression is so good um, to work through all the skill set because it's just so important to really learn those foundational applications and really develop those like strong formulation skills and you really do that through observing your other stylists and, and you know, doing those foundational applications. But, you know, hair colour, it's, it's really an art um, but it's also a science and it's important to understand the foundations really before you master the craft um, you know, one of the things that really helped me, especially when I was an apprentice, but what I've seen throughout my salons, you know, throughout the years is like... Salons that have even a really strong mentor program or, um, you know, a salon buddy system. I think that really creates strong, um, strong colorists because what it's really doing is ensuring that they develop their skills faster. And ultimately they develop this relationship with that stylist clientele, which means that, you know, once that stylist actually gets quite busy, you can even move them across, um, onto the assistant or the apprentice's column and really sort of bring in that more revenue. And they've got a ready to go clientele, uh, which is great.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Yeah, amazing, Jordana. I agree. And so um, back, just a question for you, Janine. How do you then cost time per application for those yeah. that, you know, you don't know what this concept is and
2: how do you outline this? Yeah, sure thing, Kate. So this is quite a big thing for me and it's something that I'm really passionate about, teaching salons because a lot, um, I just think if you get this right, then everything else flows from there and when it comes to making money for the salon anyway. Um, so the con- concept of costing our time and application is you need to know exactly what your salon break even is right down to the minute. So I calculate this using my core costs. So all of the things that I actually have to be able to pay for just to open the salon doors. So for me, this looks like like um, insurance, rent, our salon software, uh, power and Wi-Fi. So once I have that, on top of that, I then add wages, generally an hourly rate. Even if stylists are on commission, you can kind of figure out an average hourly rate that they tend to be on. Um, and then add the cost of a colour application. So I actually go through all of my um, colour services and know exactly what um, the cost is for me to um, do that service um, and how much profit I'm going to make off the service. So, let me give you an example. Um, if we were doing a creative colour in our salon, so a creative colour is anything from a balayage to a foliage or an ombre, we generally allow an hour for that and for service time, and then we allow 100 grams of colour. So if we need more time or colour, it's both charged for. So if we know when we've had a pre-consultation with our client that we're actually going to need an hour and 15 minutes to do um, their creative colour, then we add a 15-minute extension appointment that's used to cover the cost of that extra time. Um, And as well, we add any extra colour allocations that might be needed as well. That's brilliant. Yeah, cool. Yeah in knowing the cost and the time of each colour allocation for each service and each stylist at different levels, because obviously different stylists at different levels charge out um, a higher or lower rate, depending on experience. Um, It's then really easy to establish which services are my most profitable. And these are always the services that we look to when we create packages or promotions, because um, I know that I can create a great package or promotion and still make money.
1: Yeah, wow. So just to ask a quick question from the beginning of that. Yeah. When you learn to map out, you know, your insurance, rent, software, power, Wi-Fi, all of those things, how did you learn to do that? Did someone teach you? Did your accountant help you? You know, I know a lot of people don't know where to start just with that part. So who could I ask for help if I'm not sure?
2: Yeah, sure thing. If you're not sure, definitely your accountant. Um, So I actually went on a small business course Uh, a long time back when I opened my first salon um, and knew nothing. So I kind of went along to a small business course that wasn't anything to do with hairdressing. It was about running a profitable business. And there's plenty of um, workshops and courses like that around, but definitely if you have an accountant um, or even a friend that's just really good with numbers, just get them to sit down and help you work through those things and figure out what your core costs are. And then anything extra that you need, you think will definitely need to have to open your salon and add that in as well. Because that could be different globally.
1: Oh, I'm sure because rent and everything would be so different in each location. So I'm also interested in how you elevate the performance of colour and client experience in your salon for your stylists. Tell me more about that. Yeah,
2: sure thing. So um, just going back to creating packages, that's one of the things that allows our clients to have a great experience. Um, they can kind of pick and choose what they want to have done with their hair. Um, color journeys and pre-quoting they're a really important part of the client experience as well because this ensures that everyone's on the same page before we even start the last thing we want our clients to sit there feeling is being worried about what their hair might cost today so it's really important that we just um, before we even start doing the hair talk about what the journey in the salon is going to look like today as well as the journey of the future of hair and then pre-quote for that Um, so everyone's Uh, comfortable and relaxed and we all know we're all good. So all of our new clients or clients who have had a big new look, we also get them back for a hair check. So for the clients, this means if they have any concerns, we can address them and they get a complimentary blow wave. And again, this is done by our training stylists so that um, they're building experience. They're also building rapport with those clients and it leaves our uh, senior stylist team to work on other clients. And so the team, this is just another opportunity to build rapport and really cement that client stylist relationship the more we can get them back, the better. Um, so training and education for us is also ongoing. And when we launch packages, I think it's really important to make sure that the whole team know exactly what the deal is, how it's how to do the work and how to talk to the clients about it. Because this really elevates the experience for the salon, the clients and the team.
1: I love the hair check. That's such a cool idea. And um, packages, I think that's great. What... Um percentage of people are buying packages?
2: Are they new clients or more existing clients? No, they tend to be new clients. It depends. Sometimes I throw that marketing out just for new clients and other times I'll make it with specific stylists. I think you've got to be careful uh, not to make it too broad, otherwise some of your fully booked senior stylists, their clients might see it and Book in for one, and that's actually costing you money. Then, so I always aim it at a stylist that needs to build up a clientele, and then so if any of our clients that have been before but not super regular, they'll probably take that up, and then of course new clients. And
1: so, generally, are the packages for a certain stylist or colorist, or is it for anyone in the salon who's available?
2: Yeah, no, no, for a certain stylist or colorist, okay. so that we can really concentrate on building the um, the of those that need it. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love this concept. Um, Janine, you seem to have it all covered.
2: (laughs) Try to, Kate, try to.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Janine, maybe you should come to New York. Maybe you can open up a salon here for me.
2: Yeah, sure. Or just math. (laughs) I can come and do hair for you. That'll be fine. <laughs> That'd be amazing. How fun would that be? You've got to get rid of COVID over there first, though, don't?
3: Well, yes, yeah. that's, that's true. It's true. It's very true. But no, I love these packages. Honestly, I think um, you know, one of the things I've seen in the US, um, and you know, obviously everywhere else is um, in the around the globe as well. But you know, even in those packages, just even pre-selling retail. Um, You know, I think it's really important if we can like get our clients up and, you know, into a prescribed regimen um, to ensure that colour durability, but also just to continue that client experience um, even after they leave the salon, because I think once they leave the salon, you know, leaving with the right products, making sure they're really taking care of their hair, their colour, their style, um, it really promotes that, you know, that loyalty and it's proven sort of time over time that, you know, salons that can sell retail, Um, you know, can actually retain a really loyal clientele. And I think a lot of that to do, a lot of retail we can really, um, you know, want to recommend to our clients is really to ensure that that colour they leave with um, is looking the best until they see you in that next six weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like clients now as well are more driven for home hair care. Since we can't really tend to visit the salon as much, people are a lot more interested in what they can do at home to really you know, increase the longevity of their colour or get their hair into better condition for the next service or really get involved on what their you know, client experience, like what their colour is going to look like and is mapped out to look like and really work on that while they're at home as well. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I even think, um, you know, a lot of what our clients, it seems to be more what's coming back. What I'm seeing is this, uh, you know, this luxury feeling of going to a salon, this really service driven industry. So I really feel like now, um, you know, even in between those really long color services, you know, utilizing products from Kevin Murphy like Treat Me um, can be a great in salon treatment that you could schedule in between, um, you know, kind of like a facial for the hair that can go with a haircut. Um, Or even using like combining treatment, even with something like colouring angels and giving them almost like a bit of a lip gloss effect. Um, That's really you know low cost, but um, you know to the salon, but also you can charge it a really good price for the experience, and then they can maintain it with colouring angels at home.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, facial for the hair, Joe. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, I can't claim it. I believe it might have been (laughs) Tim Adley. I'll claim claim it today, but he'll claim it (laughs) though. <laughs> okay, oh, you know, I think again like what people are really interested in is, you know, like how do you build your color business through social media? You, you know, you definitely have quite a committed following on social media. If you had to um give us two top tips,
1: uh what would they be? Uh thanks Joe. Yeah, I love social media. I started it a few years ago. Um You know, I really started wanting to share some great work on what I loved, but I think the biggest thing for stylists, I've met so many young colorists that are fully booked because they're good at social media. So the importance of it, I think we need to be really clear about is you can get really busy from social media. So clearly identify what you want to achieve out of it and who your audience is. And once you know that, you need to post. If I want to build my clientele and my column behind the chair, I would want to hashtag my local area. So if I'm in Sydney and I'm in Bondi, I could do Bondi Colorist, Bondi Salon. I would also tag my location. So if I've got a salon called Main Salon great name. Great name. Jenny. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to make sure I hashtag. The salon or geo tag at the top. So people can actually find the salon on the location and they can then click across and see where it is. You also need to have, when you click across to view your profile, I know often we click across and we can't even tell where the business is. So your address, the salon name is excellent. And hashtag things like best blonde hair salon, um, and also when you're posting, if it's just even in your story, make sure you at the client, at the people in the salon who cut, styled, blow dried the salon so everyone can share it. Because the more shares you get on that picture, the more people are going to see it. So we want everyone to share our pictures. I know some people don't at the people I'm not sure why, but, you know, the more people that share it, the better. So um, you want your clients to share it to the friends because then that equals more people that see and know your salon and think, wow, that's beautiful. I want to come in. So that would be my first tip. The second thing is um, consistency. So consistency of images is huge. And if we're in the salon and we're setting up a clientele and we want to really showcase hair, we need to make sure our lighting is really good. So we could set up a big ring light and keep a spot with a clean background um, and make sure that everything's finished and has a similar feeling. Um, and just make sure that when you, someone comes to your page, they scroll through it and it looks consistent so that they get this feeling of confidence when they have a look at the pictures as well. So, always recommend a ring light. I've seen little ones. I don't love the little ones because I feel like they light certain areas and shadow the others. So, I think if you're going to and you're committed to um, building social media, get a big full-size ring light. Um And then don't be too creative. People want to feel like, have a look and think, oh, I want that. I love that. I'm going to save that color to show my colorist or I'm actually going to come there and have my color done. So key things are don't over-retouch it. Make it as real as possible as well. Um, Over-retouched if you're, you know, tweaking the hair too much or people's face or whatever, it just kind of, you know, it's not a great look. So um, if you're, just to recap, if you're building your profile, be clear about what you want to achieve. So larger profiles don't often mean more clients or money. You know, I know I post pink hair, teal hair, peppermint hair. You know, not many clients want that type of hair. So I'm posting more about education. So just be clear that we could get lots of people following us because they love what you do, but it doesn't necessarily translate to more money. So just really be clear about what the objective is and what the outcome is.
0: This is Conversations with Kevin and it's time for our product spotlight. Hi, I'm Nathan Gorman, Headmaster for Kevin Murphy. I'm here with Wade Blackford, Design Director for Styling, and Kate Reed, Design Director for Colour. This is our product spotlight. Hi, guys.
1: Hi, Nathan.
0: Hi. Hey, Nathan. So I have heard so much about PhD. So it's named the future of professional hair colour. It's been, you know, we say it utilises cutting edge technology and a, a, an ingredient bread that's unique to Kevin Murphy. And it, we've also said that PhD is going to give colourists the ability to transform oxidative color into gentle acid coloration. I think that that creates limitless color possibilities and and will eliminate the need for multiple color lines in in my salon. I mean, Kate, there's some really big claims. I, I need you to tell me more about the features and how you'd use it.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of those products you can hear, but when you really use it, it'll blow your mind. So, Ph.D. was designed to gently refine, refresh and enhance while delivering long-lasting brilliance and shine. It's a total game changer in the salon. It makes the hair feel so smooth and for me it makes my hair so much easier to blow dry much faster as well. So you use Ph.D. it's mixed with the Colour Me shades transforming them from alkaline to more of an acid formulation. So the result on your hair is super beautiful, shiny, and really luminous color. The development time is so quick as well. It can take up to twenty minutes, so that's a maximum. But if you're refining hair and you're using, um, you can use up to ten percent of this in your with your color, then it mm-hmm. can be as quick as five or ten minutes. So okay, it's, yeah.
0: Well, that sounds that sounds pretty simple, actually. So I've been using it in my salon on clients, and I've noticed that the shine is greatly enhanced. But, Kate, for listeners that maybe don't really know, you know, can you explain the difference between an acid and an alkaline formulation?
1: So I guess the easiest part is an acid really helps to shut the hair down, and um, this adheres more to the outside. And this is more hairdresser talk. It it more adheres to the outside of the hair um, and gives you that light coloration. And because it works more on the outside, it really helps to shut that down and make the hair Mm. feel a lot better. And you don't get the porosity through the hair as well, because, you know, to me, it almost feels like you've had a treatment on your hair.
0: So it seals it off. That's great. And Dwayne, you're our ingredients uh, guy. So let's talk about some of the key ingredients. All right, we'll uh, dive into some of the key ingredients in our PHD, um, and they are lemongrass, sweet orange, and grapefruit, which sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yeah, does, not yes. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, these, these are very rich in flavonoids. Um, they're essential oils, so they're going to help to um, lay the cuticle flat. Uh, they reflect light, and they're going to impart a really brilliant shine on it. So we also have vitamin C in there that helps support the PH levels, and it'll also help increase colour retention. Oh, great. That's fantastic. So
1: I think one of the biggest things that this line does is no lift, no shift. It provides long-lasting tone-on-tone colour or darker coloration. and there's a new way of actually applying this for Colour Me, um, you know, salons. We have a beautiful applicator bottle with a mixing sphere that was custom and ergonomically designed, which allows for easy coloration. And the bottle actually works from all angles on the hair. Um, The bottle's got no seams on the inside, so it's easy to wash. And there's a mixing Mm. sphere that goes inside to really help to mix your color up. So when you're using it, it creates a real even consistency in the bottle um, and Mm. so easy to clean as well. So this application method's great for quick at the base and refining, or you could use it in the chair, but using a bottle I find makes it a lot faster, plus the liquid lotion consistency.
0: Well, I think that's great because in the salon, it's been about saving time. Um, And in some cases, Kate, the PhD actually helps the, the pigment develop faster, doesn't it? So it can actually save time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah and you know being able to create bespoke color formulations quickly for clients is where it's all at for me in my salon right now so you know obviously I've had you know to 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 navigate a few things going on right now but it's actually helped my revenue by cutting down the time and it's also creating those beautiful shiny finishes that clients really crave right now coming out of isolation
1: Yeah. I know for clients who are just coming in for a blow dryer or a haircut, it's a really easy up service for them as well. And, you know, when Mm. you kind of don't need a full colour, but you just need a tweak, it's the best. Mm.
0: That's right. I mean, it's really about that. So perhaps clients are having bigger work less often and more um, overlays with PhD. It's really a game changer for the salon, as you say, Kate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So to find out more about PhD, we have a digital technical manual on our website, www.kevinmurphy.com.au. Great.
0: Thank you, Kate and Wade. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks
1: for having us.
0: Great. This is Conversations with Kevin. This is our product spotlight. This week we've been looking at PHD, which we're saying is the future of professional hair colour in in salons. It actually shifts uh, colour from alkaline to acid and a gentle colouration process, creating limitless colour possibilities while helping to eliminate the need for multiple colour lines. I'm Nathan Gorman. Thank you. Welcome back to Conversations with Kevin.
1: Um, Jordana, as you grow your team and their profiles, if you had to pick one tip or trick in building it, what would it be? I really think that, you know, one
3: of the best tips I learned was really just to narrow your focus, like really be very specific on what you specialize in and really like hone in on what your niche is. Um, You know, for example, if if you specialize in blonde or balayage, you want to consistently post images that showcase these colors. You know, I find that too often, you know, hairdressers that we're very proficient at a lot of different services and we want to show such a broad range of colour services. Um, But when you narrow your focus, it actually filters your audience. So it's attracting the right viewers um, that are specifically looking for you and what you specialise in. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I think that's like one of the best tips. And, you know, I am I can be guilty of it. Sometimes I post too many things, but I'm trying to really, I think that focus is really important to really attract the audience. But, you know, for me, you know, our team is specifically, um, you know, different types of audiences that we're looking for. But Janine, you know, your team, like what's one tip for like building their columns, actually building their books in the salon?
2: Great information, you guys. I think um, one thing that I'd like to just quickly share there is, uh, you know, often hairdressers post for other hairdressers. And when you're trying to build your clientele on your column, um, you know, we get all editorial and post the crazy arty stuff. But actually, if you just – Think about the consumer that you want to sit in your chair have sitting in your chair, and then post work that resonates with them. Then you'll definitely build your um, column up. But one of the key things for me is um, teaching our stylists how to talk and inspire um, their clients. So a lot of a uh, lot of the time, I find language and words is really important. So it's really about teaching them how to build rapport and greater, stronger connections in the salon. So what that actually means for me and my salon is teaching the language, um, teaching them to reframe the way that perhaps they say things, um, and also preparing them for responses or rejections or any no's that they might get from our clients. I just find that that then takes the fear away uh, for our team to kind of ask around home hair care and treatments and offering the full service menu because they feel empowered. And when they have a response for a rejection, they're not afraid or they're not embarrassed to ask. Um, So our stylists, I feel, really need the communication skills to know how to ask for referrals. So this is one of the ways that you're going to build your um, in-salon column, obviously. So um, teaching them the ways that they can map out the desired color and salon journey services for um, their clients is key. So building a strong column is really about maintaining and growing client loyalty. I think it's a given for a client when they come into our salons that they have an expectation from any level of stylist that they're going to get a great color and cut or great hairdressing skill sets. So for me, it's the communication stuff that really makes the difference between an average stylist and a fully booked successful one.
1: Wow, I think I need to do your rejection class. What a great way <laughs> to teach people um how to handle to a no. Yeah, maybe we'll change the name. <laughs> the rejection class. Yeah. yeah, like really. Um, I think that's the thing with a lot of people. Like once you do hit that no, you just don't know what to say next, or you're like, Oh, okay. Yes. You think it's a no to everything.
2: Yeah, it's almost like deer in the headlight situation, isn't it? So if we can take that away, it's much better.
1: Yeah. Um, someone once said to me, you've got to get people agreeing with you and then you hit them with the question. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to summarise today, what is your uh, what in your opinion is the best way to upsell to a haircut client a
2: fast colour service that doesn't take too much time? Yeah, sure thing. I I have a couple that I'd like to share. So one of our, one of our ones that's most popular is the baby light halo and face frame. Um, so this is where we color the hairline and, um, a halo of foil sort of strategically placed through the top and the parting. Usually takes about 30 minutes for this color application. Um, And uh, the full service would be an hour and a half, including our sort of finishing and styling. And now that we have uh, access to Ultimate Lightener, or Ultimate Lightener has been launched, we're finding that it's actually even a bit quicker to do these services now, depending on what level we're aiming to get to, of course, with the hair depth. Um, And then the second for us is a service we call a Colour Me Quick T section. So this is specifically for all of our grey clients because uh, they usually would come every six to eight weeks. And Our goal is to get them in every three to four weeks. So what they would do is they would have their full um, global application and then they'd come back every three or four weeks and have a touch-up of just the hairline and the parting we use about 16 grams of color for this and it takes 15 minutes for the application to be done. And this is where we engage our young trainees to do these, this kind of work. Of course, the stylist that normally looks after that client is always in the salon and can oversee it. Um, but with the young trainees doing it, it's such a great money maker for the salon. And it also means that we see these clients twice instead of once within that six to eight week rotation.
1: 16 grams of color, Jordana, did you hear that? We need to get smarter about mixing our colors.
2: (laughs) You know how I roll color mixation, Kate.
3: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Kate. That's how I do for a whole um, global application. Yeah. <laughs> sixteen plus fifty, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah, depending, of course, on how much hair they have. But on average, we'd use sixteen grams of color. And if we are going to use more than that and more time than that, we have to add we add it in as that extra time or extra color allocation. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, I think
3: that's a key to add it in like that. You know, there's a lot of um, New York um, or not, I shouldn't say New York, the USA in general has a lot of booth renters or suite salons. Um, so I think these are really good like tips for people who are actually even running their own independent business because, you know, it's really important if you're going to use more colour, then you need to actually upcharge. So really, you know, these are great tips for them, I think, for people that maybe, um, you know, don't have a big salon but need to maximise their time behind the chair and their money
2: as well for themselves. Yes, Definitely. Um, so, Jodana, as we get sort of towards the close of today, what's what's one of your top tips for up-and-coming colorists? Yeah, thanks.
3: <laughs> I, have, I mean, I have so many in my head that I can think of over the years, but, you know, really that one that stays true to me is really that you just never stop learning and adapting. Um, I think you always need to get out of your comfort zone um, and you need to be open to doing things different, and whether that's in business or actually, you know, as your colour skills or your hairdressing skills, Um, you know, clients are really educated these days. They've got magazines, they've got articles, they've got so many things online that they can look at. Like, I think that the, you know, the worst thing we can do is think that we know enough um, that we've learned enough because then we come a little bit stale and our clients will know that. And we need to keep adapting and rolling with our clients. Um, You know, and sometimes that means, um, you know, changing up your skill set, but even your product range, you know, I always think when I'm going into salons, like, if you have a look at the entire Colour Me range, like really how much is a salon actually utilising? You know, I find that stylists tend to stick to colours that they're familiar with, things that feel comfortable um, and they won't go out of their comfort zone. But I think that's sometimes a detriment to their client because it's maybe not giving them the service that they need. Um, So, you know, it might be that, you know, next time you want to grab cream lightener for your highlights, maybe like think about, could I use a high lift and then maybe not refine? Um, Would that be a better option? Or, you know, really just picking the right product that's going to achieve that goal for your client um, so that you can really personalize their service. Because I think that's what clients want. They want to be really have a personalized custom service that keeps things really interesting and fresh. Absolutely. Yeah. I think as well, just, you know, I think the other thing that I would say for my advice, you know, growing up as a, as a hairdresser, I gravitated towards um, colour so much. And, you know, I gravitate now really towards that painting and that lived in look. And it's, it's what I do sort of most of the time. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's super important. You have to be proficient in all aspects of hairdressing. Um, you have to be proficient in all aspects of colour. But I think it's also OK to really specialise on a particular technique or maybe a particular look. Um, you know, cause I've seen it with colorists that really specialize, they really grow their business quickly because I've actually seen clients seek them out because of that skill. So I think, you know, my advice there would be, it's okay. Um, you know, it's, it's great. You need to be good at everything, but it's really, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with actually specializing in a specific skill and being known for that for your clientele as well.
1: Yeah. So good, Jodana. I a hundred percent agree. Absolutely. So, um, we're just wrapping up, but just lastly, um, I'm not going to go into so many weeks as such. Um, Janine, I know that New Zealand's really cracking on and busy in the salon again now, and things have changed slightly. How's it been, and were your staff anxious to go back to work?
2: Yeah, it's actually been amazing. I think there hasn't really been a lot of anxiety around coming back into the salon because when we sort of first went back into the salon, we're at a zero COVID level. So um, we didn't really experience a great level of anxiety from either clients or um, the team. The clients were definitely very excited to be back in. I think that first week, everyone was just excited to have conversations and be out and yeah, it was funny. It was good fun. The vibe was amazing. Um, and we we have sort of received really great feedback from our clients, though, around um, sanitation process and the communication we shared with our clients. We actually did a lot of comms in that sort of shutdown phase. Um, it just it really highlighted to me just how important that is actually communicating with your clients and the team, actually, whenever anything like that's going on.
1: Yeah, I guess absolutely, just so everyone's got the confidence when they come back into the salon as well. Yes, yes, most definitely.
2: Yeah, I think um, you're very
3: lucky to be open over there so early, Janine. We actually, in New York here, salon's just open today, so June 22nd. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. So you guys led the charge for us over in um, Australia and New Zealand, so you're showing us how it's done. So hopefully we'll be uh, just as successful here and take some of these tips with us And for people that are listening that we can actually, you know, implement in the salon.
1: Yes, definitely. You know, it's been so amazing to watch how united as an industry everyone's become through this period, really sharing what they're doing and how to be successful. And, you know, it's it's amazing how everyone really pulls um, together here. So Janine, after the touch-ups, now you must be getting a bit of creative colours
2: though. How do you think the clients have changed? Yeah, Kate, we sure are. Um, We've been getting a lot of creative and colour correction clients actually starting to come through now. um, We're sort of five, six weeks in, so in the short experience that we've had with clients coming back, um, we've sort of seen a bit of a flip to stylists being put back into the driving seat. So by this I mean we've had less of of the sort of Instagram images with clients sort of saying, I want this look, can you do it for me, and more of the – what do you think you could do with me today? Because people have sort of left their hair longer, so they're thinking colour changes or haircut changes and that sort of thing. Um And I also have really seen that there's a new level of respect for what we do in the salon. And um, we had a lot of clients saying that we should be essential, I think, the whole world kind of felt like that we <laughs> 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 their long, long gray regrowth, so i you know I fully celebrate this. I think clients really miss coming into the salon and the feeling of self esteem and confidence that we give them and and that great hair gives them, and just being able to see us to chat to and escape and enjoy a moment in time in the salon and I think there's definitely a lot more sort of appreciation for that and for the skills of hairdressers, actually. That's one, one of the th- key things I've noticed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everyone's so relieved and excited. And I know in Australia it was uh, deemed an essential service, which a lot of us totally
2: feel like it is.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Our mental health more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing. We we all know what it's like when you don't have a great hair day, right? So, um, (laughs) yeah, just that whole feeling of confidence and stuff that you get from great hair. So, yeah, most certainly our clients missed that. There was a lot of conversation around that.
3: Uh, We actually had people protesting over here that they wanted to get a haircut, so it must be essential. I feel like that's how passionate people were. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's been great to chat with you both today. Um, I've loved listening to all the knowledge, wisdom, you know, tips and tricks and just, you know, what goes
2: on in different parts of the world. I think it's so valuable. Yeah, definitely, Kate. Great. Thanks for having me. It's been great to be here and hopefully there's some good little things in there for everyone to take away and implement or start doing. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Thanks,
3: Janine. It's been awesome to catch up with you both and, yeah, just always inspired by the both of you.
1: So, it's awesome. Love chatting with you guys. So nice. Thanks for joining. So, I'm Kate Reed. This is Conversations with Kevin and I hope you enjoyed today. Till next time.